coming up on this episode of Nintendo Cartridge Society. You can cancel your pre-order of this episode, but you will not get a refund. It's dangerous to go alone, so the Nintendo Cartridge Society goes with you. Welcome to Nintendo Cartridge Society. My name is Patrick Ellers, and I am joined as I am always joined by my co-host, Mark Mitchell. We've got a good show for you today. We're going to be talking about the news from the week, including what to expect from Nintendo at the Game Awards. And then on Thursday, it is the second annual Cardies, the Nintendo Cartridge Society Awards returns. But Mark, in the meantime, how are you doing? I'm doing great. I am very very excited for the return of the Cardies. I'm very excited for the return of the Cardies. There, you know, there were some uh, upsets and snubs last year. Uh, it's a dramatic ceremony, and I'm, I, it's, 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 it's the best time of the year, it frankly. Truly, yep. Uh, when Nintendo star biggest stars come out to shine. Uh, speaking of Nintendo's biggest stars, Sonic Forces, Sonic the Hedgehog, now one of uh, Nintendo's biggest stars. He's in a couple Smash Brothers games, right? Yeah, like four four of them? He's a uh co-headliner with Mario right at the Olympics. At the Olympics, yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um probably what? won't be attending um Beijing, right? Because Cuz he's technically a diplomat. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh you, would you like to borrow my copy of Sonic Forces? Uh, you can certainly try. All you got to do is email us at Nintendo Cartridge Society at gmail.com and give us a mailing address where we can send you my copy of Sonic Forces, where he will be very diplomatic in your presence. Uh, you can play it for as long as you want or not, and then send it back. I pay for postage both ways. It doesn't cost you a thing. There may be a copy of Untitled Goose Game uh, in the Sonic Forces box, but um, you know what are you going to do? Nothing you can do about you can, it. Nothing you can do about it. Another thing you can do something about <laughs> is you can leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you so much to everybody who has left us a review. If you leave us a review, it helps people find the show. Um, and Patrick and I like reading them. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Plus, you'll get a shout-out on the show. And uh, we check the U.S. Apple Podcast Store, but if you leave us a review wherever you get your podcasts or you share the show in some other way, let us know. Send us an email. Hit us up on Twitter. We would love to give you a shout out. Yeah. And uh, again, thank you to everyone who has already done it. Uh, If you have not already done it, thank you for what you are about to do for us. That's right. Wink, wink. Non-threatening wink, wink. (laughs) Well, well, no, it's non-threatening. I'm going to stick with non-threatening. Um. Mark, at the end of this month, we are the week of Christmas, the week of New Year's. We are having uh, Sega Genesis weeks for the holidays. The Sega Genesis Christmas. We are playing games that appear on the Sega Genesis Nintendo Switch online um, for the first week. So that week right before Christmas, I'm going to be playing Gunstar Heroes. I'm going to be playing Star, And together we are going to be playing Golden Axe. And then for the week following, I am going to be playing Fantasy Star 4, the end of the millennium. That's right. The random number generator has spoken. And so I will and be assigned playing... me like a 70 hour RPG. <laughs> and I will be playing Strider. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, and then together we will be playing Dr. Robotnik's Mean Bean Machine. Um, so if you are interested in uh, playing along with any of those games or all of those games, uh, you have the assignment just as much as we do. So get Kraken. Um, Mark, are you ready to get into what we've been playing this week? Patrick, I am. Mark, thank you. You know, I uh, I like vented to kill time to line up the music cue correctly, and it was still the short music <laughs> transition. It's supposed to be the long one. Um, so I, I was traveling this weekend, so I, I played a little bit for my um, Sega Genesis uh, uh, e- episode coming up. Uh, but I tell you, I can't shake Animal Crossing, uh, Animal Crossing and Happy Home Paradise. Um, it's just, oh, man, being on a plane and just like designing an animal's house, like a perfect, perfect way to burn an hour. Just like it evaporates, like it never existed. I love it. That's awesome. <laughs> I wish that I were in a position to do that. I am sad to say I still have not unlocked ha- unlocked Happy Home Paradise. Man. But so, did, did you get t- t- tell me where you are in in your island. Okay. So, 
the there's still so many things that keep happening that I'm like, oh right, this is part of the game. Um, I have the uh resident services building. Okay. Which I thought was going to be the key. Right. Nothing happened after. And that. Isabel is on the Isabel's island. on okay. the island, and I've built the campground. So and you know, I've so I've had campers come to the campground. I'm guessing that I have to get KK to my island. Wow. Before. Just like I can't I can't imagine what other like yeah, what milestone else it? is yeah. going to be triggering it. So I don't know. I um so that was a little bit disappointing just because I'm like ready to get to Happy Home Paradise. Yeah. A little worried that by the time I actually get there, I'm gonna be like, and now I'm done with Animal Crossing again. It's such a different experience than regular old Animal Crossing. Yeah, that's what I mean. Uh, last week I w- was watching Sarah play a little mm-hmm. bit of it, and it just looks like so much fun. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to it when I get there eventually. One thing that was interesting with um, just regular old Animal Crossing New Horizons this week is that uh, the first visitor to my island on the campground was Raymond, the like oh, cat. Yeah, that he's was, a like, coveted cat. He's a coveted cat. Sounds mm-hmm. like we're uh, uh, yeah, dude, we're doing cats. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> um, but yeah, the Raymond, Raymond cat is a coveted <laughs> cat. Uh, and so that was like a that was a fun surprise. So now Raymond is a uh, part of my island. Cool. Yeah. Um, but so I think I just need because you, I think if I'm remembering correctly, that in order to get KK, you need three stars on mm-hmm, your island, mm-hmm. and you need like five residents. So I need, I think, one more resident, which is not that hard to do. Just go to, like, go on Dodo Airlines, go to an island, and just be like, hey. Don't you start with two, and then, like, two more come as you build resident services? So oh, maybe so, I need six. So Raymond was one of those? Honestly, no, no, no. Raymond came from the campground. Oh, so okay. you're right. So it started yeah. with two, and, then there, and me. So that's, so, yeah. Started, started with two. Started with two. Now we're here. Got two more. Right. Then Raymond came. Uh-huh. So I guess... So you have five. I guess I do have five. Here's the thing. I think the number of villagers you have, uh, like, contributes to your star score. Oh. So, like, uh, putting putting down, you know, flowers, putting down paths, putting down fences. Yeah. Uh, and just putting stuff outside. Um, like, a house, another, like, animal's house counts as, like, a thing outside. Got it. So, yeah, basically at this point, I think I just need to, like, throw a bunch of stuff outside. Right. And build fences. Fences are like they're they're nice, they're aesthetic, they're easy. Like you can craft them really easily. Yeah, I guess like my problem is that my island is not really um like I deleted my island before because I didn't like it aesthetically. Right. But this time you like, decided not to care about the aesthetics. At all. Right. And so in my island is kind of a mess. Like I could put fences down, but I don't really know. Like maybe I'll just fence in the weeds that are growing up on like the second level. I don't know. <laughs> just yeah. fence. Just fence someone's house. <laughs> just give give them a little whatever backyard they organically have. Just make it back there. Yeah. So, um. Anyways, that's where I am. I really thought I was going to be able to start Happy Home Paradise, but uh, no. I think I have to get KK first, which will probably take a, a few more yeah, days. Couple, another probably at least another week. Yeah. Um, well, Mark, I wish you luck on your Thank quest you. to uh, get to Happy Home Paradise. Uh, the- oh, if anyone wants to pay me thousands of dollars for mm-hmm. um, what for, <laughs> Where's for this Raymond, going? <laughs> oh, I see. <laughs> if anyone wants to pay me thousands, I mean, in full stop. Right, right, I'm right. fine with it. But if anyone wants to pay me thousands of dollars for Raymond, I don't know if that mania still exists or if like the Raymond market crashed. Here's, but- I mean, here's why I would guess that the Raymond market did crash. Uh-huh. Is that he was a, a new character to uh, New Horizons, right? Right. Which means that there was no amiibo card for him previously. But in the series five, they added all of like the new characters. So like Sherb has a card now, um, and uh, uh, Raymond also now has a card. Darth so- Vader, no. <laughs> Wait, Darth Vader, no. Which time? <laughs> Sarah and I watched Return of the Jedi the other day, and um, you know, it just on on Disney Plus, uh-huh. and so it's the most recent cut of it, um, and it's got the the no from Revenge of the Sith uh, as he's lifting the That's Emperor. That's right. Above was his that head. new for Disney Plus? Because I know we got McClunky no, from Disney Plus. No, it was it was, it was one the of Blu-ray the Blu-ray edit. It was the blue. Yes, it was one the, of the Blu-ray. It things. was the same edit that added uh, Hayden Christensen's uh, Force Ghost. Oh, okay. To the end, which wasn't the regular old special edition. Um, I mean, obviously, because he wasn't cast as Anakin Skywalker when the special edition first came out, which is now wild to think about. 
that the special edition of Return of the Jedi is like 25 years old. Yeah. Older than uh, Star Wars was when the first special edition came out. I, I can't even we I can't even talk about it. Mark, here's some other old things that I played with this weekend. Um, I was in Denver um, visiting my brother uh, and we uh, went up into the mountains for a day and uh, on on our way out, um, we drove through Lyons, Colorado um, and I clocked a uh, a little pinball parlor called Lions Classic Pinball. And I said, it's pinball, but everyone in the car was like talking. Uh, and so like it, it went, it, my, my observation went unnoticed. Um, and the next day we were talking about like what, like where to stop to get lunch on, on our way back to the city. And I was like, uh, there was this pinball parlor and everyone was like, what, what pinball parlor? What do you do? Like very excited. And it would be like, should have just listened to me in the first place. We would have known this place was here. Um, but so it is a super cool, if anyone, if you're ever in or around uh, Lions, Colorado, go check it out. If you're interested in uh, pinball or even just like old arcade machines, um, they have a, a 37 uh, pinball machine collection. Um, and some of them are like they're the, the oldest ones they have are um, like Bally's machines from like 1974. Um, I played a uh, the, the Elton John, like Captain Fantastic uh, pinball machine where like everything is physical, right? Like you can hear like the, the bells like dinging around inside, like as, as you're just like kind of pushing the buttons. Um, they have a Hercules machine, which I'd never heard of before, but it's enormous. Uh, there are fewer than 500 of these things in the world. Um, and it's so big that uh, I couldn't play it by myself. <laughs> Wait, is it, sorry. Yes. Is it Hercules, like, is it a tie-in to a movie or is it called Hercules because it is so large? So it's it's from the 80s. So it's Hercules. It's, the theming is uh, Hercules, the, the hero, but it's not tied to. It's not like Arnold Schwarzenegger. It's not like, like Arnold that. Schwarzenegger okay. and it's not like the Disney Hercules. Yeah. There's no James Woods, uh, like, making fun of you when <laughs> you lose a ball or anything the the thing is so big that the ball is a billiard ball oh whoa um and like the plunger that you pull back to like make the thing fire is like huge you have to like grasp it by your whole hand um and so like you have one person on one side controlling the right flipper the other person on the other side controlling the left flipper and like what's happening at the top of the table is so far away you almost can't see it <laughs> that's so cool it was really really fun um and so, you know, just sampled a, a bunch of fun arcade or uh, a bunch of fun pinball machines. Um, did a couple old classics like that Terminator 2 uh, machine, which I have played so much of just throughout my life. And it was really fun to revisit. Um, but I also played some some new stuff. Um, the Rick and Morty machine was really fun. Um, yeah, I just had a great time with this, uh, the, this pinball, classic pinball. What lounge. a cool discovery. Yeah. And we would have discovered it just a little bit earlier. <laughs> I've also been playing Ristar, um, you know, in preparation yes, yeah. for uh, our Sega Genesis weeks. But I will say nothing of it here. Uh, just as I will say nothing of Gunstar Heroes here, other than, other than to say I've gotten over my, uh, you know, how I don't normally care for guns or shooting stuff in, in oh, games. Now you love guns. Now I love guns. Love I'm, a, I'm a big stuff. gun nut. Well, I spent a weekend in Colorado. What do you want? Um, all right, Mark. Uh, uh, let's, what am I doing here? We are, that's what we've been playing this week. Let's get into the new releases and what we might be playing next week. So today, December 7th, Grand Theft Auto, the trilogy, the definitive edition, the retail version was supposed to come out, but it has been delayed to 2022. Probably a good move. Probably a good move. Um, also releasing today, 12 minutes, not to be confused with five minutes, the Madonna and Justin Timberlake com combo mashup no, this, team this, up from This, this like is like 2007. the narrative looping game yeah, yes. with like Willem Dafoe and... Um, is it like Jessica Chastain or no, something like that? No, it's Daisy Ridley. Oh, okay. And um, Mr. Split. Um, Split's personality, uh, John. Oh, James McAvoy. Ja yes, yeah. that's Sorry, Matt McAvoy. Sorry, yeah. really, we should have. Uh, uh, Ray Skywalker, yeah. the Green Goblin. <laughs> and <laughs> Split from the Mr. movie Split. Split. Yeah, that's right. Um, we used to ask for spoilers to the, the movie Split, and then we just went and saw it. <laughs> 
also releasing is Love is Strange True Colors, which has been out on other platforms and is now making its way to Switch. Uh, back before I realized that the uh, Grand Theft Auto trilogy was uh, being delayed, I was like, wow, what a huge day for third-party releases on Switch. Um, 12 minutes, Grand Theft Auto, and uh, Life is Strange uh, True Colors. Um, but it's still pretty big, even, even with that. Also... We have in our notes, love is strange, but it's life is strange, right? I'm pretty sure it's life is strange. And we both strange. said life is strange? I I don't know. We'll, we will never know. It's life is strange. <laughs> on December 8th, on Wednesday, Sam and Max Beyond Time and Space is released on the Switch eShop. Sam and Max usually do just like, uh, like noir detective-y kind of stuff, right? Yeah, like comedy noir. But they're going beyond time and space? In a very noir type way, I'm yeah, sure. Yeah, you're, you're probably right. There was a uh, John, you know, John Schwartzwelder, the Simpsons writer? Yes. Um, he wrote a series of uh, novels about a t- detective named Frank Burley. Um, and the first of them is called The Time Machine Did It, which is such a good title for <laughs> a mystery. But it is a, a similarly a, a noir story that goes into uh, ridiculous uh, high concept sci-fi places. And then on Thursday, December 9th, Monopoly Madness is released, Monster Rancher 1 and 2 DX, and Loop Hero. Um, that's a, yeah, yeah, that's a, a lot. And it's exciting to see uh, Loop Hero, like, actually uh, finally come out. That's one that we saw teased, or not teased, but, like, revealed as coming to Switch in uh, the, the most recent indie showcase. And then on Friday, Paper Mario is coming to the Nintendo 64 Switch Online, which I am deeply excited for i believe you said i would do terrible things to have that on the nintendo switch Online. absolutely so i am so excited yeah that it is here this was will a, be. yeah will be very shortly this was announced last week mm-hmm. um and you know mark you texted to me that this was happening it's very exciting um it's been a month little over a month since the uh, service was launched. And this is the first time that they're updating it one month later. So like that cadence seems okay. It's one game. I know that I, maybe I have like paper Mario colored glasses on. And so I don't see it, but I'm like, to me, that makes sense. Where I, 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 I was not expecting to get multiple Nintendo 64 games at a time. Also, the cadence for these updates on any of these Nintendo Switch Online platforms just seem kind of like uh, seemingly random to me. And so yes. it might be one game this time. It, I, but I guess I wouldn't be super surprised if like January or February or March, whenever it gets updated next, it's two games. Or, you know, like I, I guess yeah. I, I don't feel like they're like um, uh, marrying you don't think themselves they're like, to yeah. one game release just because it's happening that way this time. Yeah. And it's, it's funny because, like, from the perspective of, like, I'm going to play Paper Mario. I assume you're going to play Paper Mario. It's a long-ish game, right? It's an RPG. Uh, so, like, if they put out another one, like, two weeks later, that would be too soon for me, you know? Like, yeah. I would need the time. Um, but it's also, like, if Paper Mario doesn't speak to someone, then they're just, they got nothing for a month? Totally. I mean, they still have eight you know, or so other Nintendo 64 games. Yeah, there are nine in the collection presently. Yeah, but yeah I, I totally hear what you're saying. I I have not played this original Paper Mario game since the Nintendo 64, so it Ooh. has been a long while. So I'm very excited to revisit it. Um, what's your experience with the original Paper Mario? I played it on the Wii uh, when that virtual console uh, came online. I played it while I was living in Hawaii um, and was uh, like homesick and didn't want to be on that island anymore. Um, I was just like randomly buying stuff like old classic games that I had never played before, um, on the Wii and Paper Mario was one of them. Yeah. I'm excited to see if it like, um, how similar it is to the game in my mind. Yes. Yes. Um, I, it makes me excited for uh, a time when we will, I don't even know what form this uh, takes, but when we will actually get a chance to play Paper Mario, the thousand year door, um, cause like, come on. Look, we we talked about it last week, but like, let's. I I want to play. I want to play some GameCube yeah, games now. Yeah, totally. Is that so wrong, Mark? <laughs> I completely agree. Uh, was there anything else uh, on on the list here um, that you were interested in this week? No, but you're right. This is one of the stronger I feel weeks we've had in a while. I feel like. Yeah, me too. All right, Mark. Let's close this out.
Which brings us to a regular segment on our show. It is time for 433. In 1952, American composer John Cage wrote a piece called 433, where a performer or a group of performers didn't play their instruments for 4 minutes and 33 seconds. For the purposes of this show, our instruments are talking about Nintendo. So... For the duration of one performance, 433, Mark and I'll talk about something not all Nintendo-related, thus fulfilling the contract of the piece. Uh, Mark, it's an age-old question that we are posing today. Fruits versus vegetables. Uh, I guess the question is, which do you prefer? Uh, Mark, just with your gut, which do you prefer, fruits or vegetables? I think fruits right. is what I would go, is what I would say, because I have a bit of a sweet tooth. Mm-hmm. But here's what I'll say for vegetables, um, is that I think that there is more, like, variety in vegetables there's yes. sweet vegetables mm-hmm. there are you know like savory vegetables like vegetables kind of got you covered in a way that fruits, and they can sustain like, you right, right? like a, a a fruit like you you're being healthy when you eat a fruit like you're right but you know it's it's not you can't man cannot live on fruit alone right i think that's right it feels right it feels right um i had a friend uh in college who once said to me uh and this is after he took like a bite of an apple or it was some kind of fruit. He just said, man, I'm always disappointed in fruit. <laughs> like every time he tries one, it, it wasn't it wasn't living up to his expectation of what he wanted from it. A fruit is hard. Yeah. Because like you like get a fruit. It looks so good. I, I assume this is why most restaurants do not really serve fruit. Right. You can get mm. salad yeah. fairly easily. But there's no other than like a fruit cup. Right. You know, there's no place that's like, oh, yeah, uh, your side options are, you know, right. like, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. sure. Yeah. You can get a hamburger with French fries or do you want fruit? It's I mean, like, but no. I mean, there was the trend of like apple slices. Granted, that's for children. <laughs> but like, you know, you can get apple slices as like a side at McDonald's yeah, in that's a Happy true. Meal or that's something. That's a great point. But yeah, I think there's just more inconsistency in like yeah. what you get with the fruit. Because with vegetable, I don't know. It feels like, is you know, it could be like seven days too ripe in quotes sure and it's gonna taste fine yeah fruit you just have like that small window well and the the other thing is and this is probably just like part of our culinary traditions but also that's like for for the for these purposes we are talking about culinary fruits and culinary vegetables in that tomato i'm saying vegetable oh yeah sure right like Mm -hmm. obviously it's uh biologically a fruit but we use it like a vegetable um and the the difference uh, for how we prepare them is that we prepare vegetables. We don't really prepare fruits. We wash it. We maybe cut it up, and like that's it. But like, you know, <laughs> Sarah and I have this uh, uh, Life magazine from like 1945 or something, uh, and it's uh, the the Christmas issue. Um, so it's like you know got like funny recipes and stuff in it including like entertaining and one of uh, like one of the things uh, that it suggests you do is broil a grapefruit <laughs> and the thought of sticking a like a, a half grapefruit in the oven maybe it's really good maybe it's really good but it's just not like it's i like when's the last time you had like cooked fruit yeah not very often yeah i guess plantain sometimes right but that's it. It's like the exception. Yeah. No, you're right. We uh, Fruit does not get the same treatment as vegetables. Maybe that's a point in fruit's favor where it's just like it's simple. Right. You don't you need, know, you you don't don't need, need to, to dress it, it up. up. Right. Yeah. Right. We're putting we're putting lipstick on the on the vegetables, <laughs> but we know not to do that with fruit. I feel like there are more like there are fewer vegetables that I enjoy than fruits I enjoy probably. Okay. I feel like variety mm-hmm. wise. Well, and, like, there are very few, like, you don't ever reach for a candy or, like, a granola bar that is, like, broccoli flavored. Yeah. But I like broccoli. Like, I probably like a well-cooked broccoli better than, like, a good apple or something. Yeah, I think that's probably true. And I feel like it sadly means that, of course, vegetable... Because it tastes not as, like, it's not, like, as desirable. You're yeah. not immediately, yeah. like, give yeah. me those vegetables mm-hmm. that they're definitely better for you. There's just, like, no getting around it, right? Y- yes. Yeah. Vegetables, you mean, are definitely better for yeah. you? Yeah. Yeah. Because they mean, don't even have to, like, trick you into eating them. No. Right. Well, and, like, because we have this, like, biological reaction to, like, eating something sweet, like a fruit, where it's just, like, yes, this will sustain me for the next 20 minutes. Um, what are your favorite fruits? 
Um, I'm pretty simple. I like berries. Yeah. I'm a berry person. Mm-hmm. Give me those raspberries. Yeah. How do you feel about bananas? Uh, I'm fine with bananas. You're fine with bananas. I have a banana probably. I have like a banana every morning, I would say. Yeah. It's uh, banana in the morning, uh, especially like a nice, like that it hasn't started to like go into the too ripe territory. I'll take even a banana a little on the green side. Mm, like, mm-hmm. so it's got a little resistance to it, you know? One that I can bite into, Mark. Now, I would say there are lots of, like, varieties of vegetables, but I suppose I am giving short shrift to fruits because, like, av- avocado's a fruit, right? Yeah, I, w- I would think it would have to be. Uh, we- we've blown past the end of this thing. There was no applause. <laughs> um, we, were company- <laughs> we were accompanied today by the piano quartet. Two sharps, one flat. Great performance. No applause. Um, all right, Mark, let's get into the news. The Game Awards, which I think we have not talked about at all this year on the show, yeah, uh, will be happening this Thursday, December 9th, at the Microsoft Theater in downtown LA. Fabulous downtown Los Angeles. <laughs> and uh, streaming- we will not be in attendance. <laughs> no, no, we weren't invited. <laughs> Oddly, and uh, streaming on all the usual. Well, we won't be in attendance, of course, because we're hosting our competing. That's right. Um, award show, the Cardies. Our the equally same night. illustrious award show. That's right. Uh, at at the same at the same time, actually, all day with the the show, our show will be running. So the Game Awards, uh, this Thursday, December 9th from four p.m. to eight p.m. Pacific time, um, streaming everywhere. Nintendo has a, I guess, interesting history of using the Game Awards to reveal stuff. So in twenty twenty was Sephiroth in Smash Ultimate, which I forgot that was at the Game Awards. I forgot it was too. I, I was was doing the some research to see because I I had like a memory of there being some like big Nintendo announcements. Um, and sometimes big Nintendo announcement means that like a partner of theirs revealed something, and sometimes it just means like, oh yeah, here's a character in Smash. Like two of their big announcements of the last five years were Smash Brothers characters, right? Which is off the table now. You can't do it anymore. Yeah. And 2019. Unless, oh my God, what if they were like character pack three? <laughs> that would be crazy. Yeah. 2019 was Bravely Default 2. Again, totally forgot that's where that happened. Mm-hmm. 2018 was Joker in Smash Ultimate and Marvel Ultimate Alliance 3. Two pretty cool reveals. Yep. 2017 was Breath of the Wild Champions Ballad DLC, which was very exciting. And then Bayonetta 1 and 2 on Switch and Bayonetta 3 all revealed in 2017. So a pretty big show for Nintendo all around. I mean, that was also the year that Breath of the Wild won Game of the Year. So, like, it was sort of Nintendo's show. Like, I think they realized they needed to bring some, like, actual uh, stuff of substance to the point where they revealed Bayonetta 3, a game which to date is still not out. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. And then in 2016... Breath of the Wild demo, uh, which for context was before the Switch reveal, but only by like a few weeks, but only four months before the console launched. This is the one, if I'm remembering correctly, where it was like Aonuma and Miyamoto. And yeah, they that's were right. Like, kind of, they were just sitting next to a screen and Miyamoto was playing it. Oh, uh, no, I think that's, that may have been a Nintendo Direct. There's, there's, the, I believe Bill Trinan is in this one. Oh, okay. Um, maybe he's sitting with, um, one of them doesn't matter, um, but yeah, it, it, uh, a, a cool like sort of the the last reveal that we got or the last like gameplay demo that we got of it before um, having the uh, January uh, reveal event for um, the Switch. And then 2015 was nothing. So okay, I was looking into like uh, announcements and reveals at the Game Awards, but. 2015 and i don't know if like the internet just has like a short memory now and i can't find any content from before six years ago um or if uh, that just the game awards wasn't there yet wasn't to a place where it was like hosting big announcements um but in in 2015 you see like a couple announcements from uh, uh other publishers nothing from nintendo and any earlier than that and there's just like nothing got it so yeah i feel like i do not have any expectations that we'll see really anything yeah, yeah. this I mean, Thursday. I, I think it's likely that it'll be like a 2019-ish year where like Square announces something and it's also coming to Switch. Or, and it's not coming to Switch. You know, like uh, we're deep enough into the Switch's life cycle that the third-party support doesn't necessarily have to be as like kicking as it once was. Um, although, you know, we're getting a uh, Project Triangle strategy at some point next year. And that... Uh, 
uh, Ubisoft Rabbids game uh, as, That's as right. well. Yeah. Um, we think is coming out next year. Maybe we get more information about that. that yeah, makes, that would make sense. That'd be a good place for that. There are some Nintendo games uh, or games on Switch that are nominated in categories this year. So Game of the Year, Metroid Dread is nominated for Game of the Year. Um, best Mobile Game, Pokemon Unite. Best Action Adventure Game, Mo- Poke- uh, Metroid Dread shows up again. Best Role Playing, Shimigami Made Tensei Five and Monster Hunter Rise, both on there. Best Family Game, where the Nintendo games tend to be they like... They just get shoveled uh-huh. into this corner. It's like the best animated film yes. you know, uh, category at the Oscars. Right, it's like, and it's everything Disney put out this year. <laughs> where it's like, these are really good, but we don't want them to mix right. with uh, Best Picture. So, Best Family, Mario Party Superstars, New Pokemon Snap, Super Mario, 3D World plus Bowser's Fury, WarioWare, Get It Together... And uh, and then the other game in that category is It Takes Two. Which is very funny. Best multiplayer, Knockout City and Monster Hunter Rise. And most anticipated, which I have to admit, seems like a very silly category. Especially since I'm pretty sure it's equal to The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild was nominated for the same category last year. Uh, that tracks yeah i mean most anticipated i left off there's language on a lot of the ends of these categories of like brought to you by verizon like Uh the mobile game is is brought to you by um verizon and all of that feel like i get it you need to like get your bag to like put on the show um but it feels skeezy in a way that like the oscars aren't you know (laughs) like the Oscars, are, it's there's no best actor brought to you by, you know, crypto.com or right. whatever. You wait for the commercials to know that JCPenney is sponsoring <laughs> it. You know what I mean? There will be other ads throughout <laughs> the Game Awards show, though. Like, we're going to see that. No, it definitely feels um, like the the rest of how, like, video games yeah, that, operate. Yes, you know what right, I mean? You're right. You're right. Where it's just treated, it lacks the... Uh, even pretend dignity yeah. that some of the other award shows like carry. Well, I mean, that that is another thing, too, is that uh, any other award show that you're watching, you're not expecting to... Like, you don't watch the Grammys to see, like, a surprise, like, Kanye announced he's doing a new record. Like, that doesn't happen. Yeah. Um, the, the only way to make a gaming award show interesting is to promise, like, reveals and exclusive trailers and stuff. Yeah, I feel like... It's such a weird space. It's It's disappointing and i feel feel like jeff Keeley has talked about it before where he's like hey this is you know what we've got to do to get yeah. it together and it's we're this still or nothing celebrating. Right, now, yeah. right but i'm kind of like i mean, maybe it should be nothing right well because like think nothing really trends in the direction of becoming less commercial right like right. uh if something can start to make money or start to recoup its losses it's only going to do that more in the future and not less so yeah maybe you're right maybe there should be nothing um, and it's just like- the Cardis and nothing else. <laughs> well, and it's not like there's nothing. Like I feel like um, sure, there's like there's dice. Like, yeah, yeah, exactly. It, but I, I, I don't know. Um, needless to say, I do actually think it's cool that Metroid Dread made the short list for Game of the Year. It feels like it's going to get stomped, though, right? Uh, for sure, but what yeah. a gift to even be nominated. Um, the, the other nominees for Game of the Year, we don't have to go through all, all of these, uh, but is uh, Deathloop, It Takes Two, Psychonauts 2, uh, Ratchet & Clank, Rift Apart, and Resident Evil Village, which, you know, all, like, really well-regarded games this year. A lot of, like, high-profile exclusives on this list. Uh, Metroid Dread is only on Switch. Deathloop is only on PlayStation. Psychonauts is only on Xbox. Um, and Ratchet & Clank is only on uh, PlayStation. I definitely feel like this is some of the most interesting nominees because there's no... There's no runaway. There's no runaway. There's no, like, um, Last of Us Part Two. you know, like, that's right. where it's just, like, a juggernaut. It's yeah. like, oh, I mean... That's interesting. The Resident Evil Village, or It Takes Two, got nominated. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, totally. It's also weird to me. So just keep that list in your head as I read off the best action adventure um, list. Uh, Metroid Dread, Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy, Psychonauts 2, Ratchet & Clank Rift Apart, Resident Evil Village. Four of those games are also nominated (laughs) for... So I I don't know. There's there's obviously some sort of uh, like bias towards that kind of game in a game of... Uh, game of the year discussions that like action adventure is just sort of like the default video game um i haven't really gone back to see i have to imagine it's got to be that or rpgs and nothing else can really win game of the year yeah i don't remember but that definitely feels like um 
the type of games totally, that would yeah. be nominated yeah. or something like that. Yeah, I, I worry, not that I worry, because like Metroid Dread will be fine whether it wins Game of the Year or not. Um, but I worry that like everything else is such high production value and has, you know, like fully voiced whatever and, you know, beautiful cutscenes and <laughs> all that kind of stuff that makes them a little bit more like award friendly than something like Metroid Dread. Yeah, that's why I think it's cool that Metroid Dread got nominated. I feel yeah. like it's... um. Uh, we were really excited about Metroid Dread. Presumably Metroid Dread has sold well. I never in a million years thought it would be, you know, in any sort of end of year best of yeah. discussion. So um, I think it's cool to see it up there. Yep. Uh, Mark, will you be watching the, the Game Awards or will you just be, uh, you know, catching the trailers on I think I'll probably Kotaku just be, later? Yeah, I think I'll probably just be catching the trailers later. But I know that, it, you know, like any... Um, I know people are excited for this, mm-hmm. and um, I, ho- I hope it turns out well. Hey, me too. Nintendo issued an update to their corporate governance report on November 30th. In the report, Nintendo states their commitment to improving diversity within the company. They say, quote, the com- and this is just like a tiny, like, this is, um, m- a lot of this is just very boring. Like, this is how the uh, board of directors works and like all that kind of stuff. But they do have one fairly short section on di- where they speak to diversity. And this is what it says, quote, the company respects human rights in its recruitment process, selecting employees on the basis of their competence and skills, regardless of gender, age, nationality, disability, sexual orientation, or gender identity, conducts fair employee appraisal and treatment in accordance with the quality and quantity of skills demonstrated by employees, and helps employees demonstrate their skills even further. This is Nintendo of Japan, by the way. Uh, the company does not have specific targets for the appointment of women, foreign nationals, and mid-careers to managerial positions. However, as a global company engaging in the entertainment business, which is characterized by increasingly diversifying customer needs and preferences, it is essential that we leverage the talents of a d- diverse workforce. Therefore, we are committed to respecting the personality and strengths of each and every employee, including employees from our overseas subsidiaries, and developing an environment where employees of diverse backgrounds can maximize their potential. Um, it's always, uh, f- like, I-, I like it when the... Langu- when it's explicit that like the language of capitalism is also the language of uh inclusivity and diversity where it's like we make more money yeah. when we are when we are making a product that is uh actually built in like a melting pot of lots of different ideas and perspectives that reflects the world reflects, reflects the, the world con- yeah, reflects yeah. the consumers yeah um like th- there's something like reassuring about that to me where it's like oh yeah the the things that i i think of as like lofty ideals are also just sort of codified in like what can make you money right um which at the end of the day just like the game awards what can make you money that that's that's the direction we're gonna go in and it's nice to know that nintendo is seeing that acknowledging it and stating it uh finishing here as part of these efforts we are recruiting women and creating an environment in which women can build successful careers We intend to increase the proportion of women in managerial positions from the current proportions in the Nintendo Group's principal offices globally, 23.7% as of March 31st, 2021, and Nintendo Company Limited in Japan, 4.2% as of March 31st, 2021. Okay, so so they've got got room to grow. (laughs) Room to improve. 4.2% is pretty low. (laughs) Pretty low. Um, But yeah, I mean, especially for a company that uh, is so active in uh, courting a wider user base than what you would traditionally think of as like the target audience for video games. Um, It's yeah, it makes sense that they would be actively recruiting women for all of those roles. Yeah, absolutely. Spirit Fair, the 2020 indie darling about shepherding spirits to the afterlife will be getting its third and final free update on December 13th. So early next week, according to developer Thunder Lotus, the update titled Jackie and Daria is the biggest update yet and includes a new island and two new spirits. Um, so Spiritfarer, one of these games that uh, you know, uh, revealed in an uh, indie showcase, and I think you and I were both interested in it. Did you play a little I, bit? So I did. I picked it up when it was first released, and I played maybe half an hour, 45 minutes, and I th- was just not in the right mindset for mm-hmm. it. Like, um, the systems and all that stuff, it just felt like, uh, it felt fiddly in a way that I just wasn't ready to engage with at that moment. Um, so it's, 
always been something that I'd like have wanted to go back to. Yeah. Um, when it's, it was part of that kind of like interesting wave of games that were coming out during the, during the pandemic where there was this like indie, I don't know. There, there was like a, a cuddliness of death. Right. Um, and spirit fair is definitely that where it is both cozy and morbid at the same time. Um, and yeah, I mean, just knowing that they've been quietly adding to it, we, you know, we didn't talk about it on the show the previous two times they updated. Um, but now three updates in, it sounds like there's a lot more in this game. Uh, you know, again, we talked about it last week with Eastward, right? That's like, yeah, maybe we shouldn't be playing games right when they come out. Yeah. Yeah. I, I feel like it's encouraging. I know that Spirit Fair did wear, did well. And, uh, hope, like, I'm assuming Eastward did as well. But yeah. I think it's nice that there is this, like, kind of just general acceptance that games have the opportunity to grow yeah. and change and, like, can get better. And so, what? Uh, yeah, you might play it at release and some stuff might not speak to you, but it's possible that, you know, that stuff will change or yeah. the additions. I don't know. I, I do like that in a way that, you know, like a film or an album or something like that, it just, like, is, or a book. It just kind of like is what it is, and there's not really a lot of opportunity for somebody to go back and like tinker with it. And unless you're George Lucas, unless, unless you're George, George Lucas. Lucas. Um, but I guess books, I, I think I think that's yeah. a cool. No, but you're right. There but, are books. Books get revisited, and like albums sometimes get like a bonus track or something. You know, on on like you're a right. release, but like not commonly and not right away. Right, like that sort of thing happens twenty years later. Um, it's interesting that we get these and even re-releases like special editions or complete editions a year later or whatever. Um, games are just like faster at doing that. Yeah, I just think there's something cool about games. At, like as much as games as a service, you know, like Fortnite and stuff yeah. doesn't don't necessarily speak to me. I think it's really cool that as a medium, games are able to like quickly change and evolve and spirit fair has been out for like 18 months and has had three updates and is a very different game yeah you know than when it released and i think that's there's something really neat about that yeah so, something cool about uh, the game that exists in perpetuity not being the same as the game that came out at launch they have like the benefit of uh you know the reaction to it at launch and how people are actually playing it like that's yeah it, it is it's a neat way to just like sort of auto-correct a game's reputation not not necessarily that that ever gets back to like the world at large but like the game can just get better over time did you see oh and again i don't have it as a news item here um but that dead cells got like a, a, a bunch yeah, of updates like with a, like characters from everyone other everyone is here update, yeah shovel knights in the game yeah 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 and that's cool like dead cells has been out for at least a year, probably like two years or even yeah, longer I think, than that, right? I think 2019 sometime, So, yeah. yeah, I mean, I guess it's also really neat to me that something like Dead Cells um, or, you know, like the uh, person who, or maybe it's a team that's working on the DLC for Katana Zero. That yeah. game came yeah. out in 2019. We haven't, you know, seen anything of the DLC but, but like it's coming. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. don't. I don't know. There's something really neat about that. Um, that I feel that feels. There's something about it that feels unique to games. Yeah, definitely. And uh, that feels uh, sort of standard for uh, games of all size, all sizes at this point, right? Like we've talked about so many indie games that that has been the case for. You know, that the Messenger had that big DLC pack. Um, uh, obviously, Stardew Valley continues to be updated. Um, it's just kind of a, it's, it's a cool space and it makes, it makes me very like happy for game for games. Three years ago, Norway's consumer council sued Nintendo in Germany for not allowing users to cancel eShop game pre-orders. So Norway's consumer council sued Nintendo Germany. I, so Nintendo Germany must service like that. Exactly. Whole, so I think it's like just Northern Nintendo Europe. in Europe who yeah. is based in Germany. Got it. Got it. And so, um, Nintendo won the original judgment. So Norway's Consumer Council sued them saying, hey, you charge people like uh you charge people for pre-orders and then you don't let them cancel, but even if like the game hasn't come out yet. Right. And in the original judgment, Nintendo won, but the Consumer Council appealed. And according to Norwegian news site Pressfire, Nintendo has lost that appeal, with the ruling saying that Nintendo has to allow refunds until the game is playable. That makes sense to me. Makes sense to me too. Um, Nintendo apparently has like 
They already implemented a system that allows for one-click refunds up to one week from release. What happens in that, like, seven-day period, I don't exactly know. Yeah. Because is it, that, that's, that's, when, the, that, that's when a review becomes, like, available, right? Is in the, the last couple days before that you'll start to see reviews for a game pop right, up. Right, yeah. exactly. And I'm pretty sure that's essentially how it works in the U.S., so I'm assuming everywhere now, yeah. is you pre-order, you're not charged until seven days right, out. Right, they yeah. Ch- they changed that a while back when they updated the eShop. Right. So now the way, because it used to be that a game would become available for preload, uh, and then you could pre-order it, but, and, but you were charged at the time, and it, like, downloaded onto your system. Yeah. But with the new system, they can start pre-ordering months, you know, years before the game even goes gold. Right. Because it's not preloading. It's just saying, oh, I want to, like, buy this. Right. And then Which, seven days out is yeah. when your card gets charged. Sort of a bizarre practice, too, right? Because it's like, if it's digital and you're not preloading... What's the, really the point of pre-ordering at that point? I do you know what? It's so like I've done it. I I do it all the time. <laughs> but you're right. Like you know, like as you're doing it, you're like, this makes no sense. Click, right? Do it because there's something about the anticipation, yeah. of a yeah. new game that is d- almost just as fun as actually having the new game. Totally. And so like pre-ordering is part of just like that process of being like, and now I have acquired it. Yes. Even though I haven't. Right. And, and even though uh, there's no digital scarcity, <laughs> right? Like they, all of right. these things ex- exist uh, as many copies of them exist as, as you want. Um, but I, I think I mostly only do that with games. I know absolutely for certain that I'm going to buy. Like it sort of didn't matter to me what the reviews for Metro dread said. Like I was going to pick up the game on day one and play it. Totally. Um, but yeah, so but uh, anyway, it's a weird practice, and we shouldn't be doing it. Uh, but I'm glad that there is uh, that the Norway Consumer Council is like pushing back against because uh, it is a little bit of a, a predatory, like weird tactic to not allow you to cancel a pre-order. Totally, I completely agree. Yeah. Finally, Summer Game Fest is coming back for 2022. Creator Jeff Keighley made the second mention in this show. Second <laughs> mention for Jeff Keighley made the announcement in the lead up to the game awards um and summer game fest has made zero impact in my mind yeah but probably because there just isn't that much nintendo news out of it generally yeah um but it's also just so like diffuse right yeah, like it, it's yeah. so spread out over um like three or four months of just like press conferences and stuff and like Sony will also just like do an event or like Nintendo will just do a direct um, and they don't have anything to do with the the summer game fest. And like, that's where the big news comes out of. So I don't, I mean, yeah, it, to, it, to your it point, must, it means nothing to me. Yeah. Basically. It must be successful. Cause this will be the third year doing it. Right. Um, but yeah, summer game fest back. Um, do you think that this uh, is trouble for, I'm bringing I'm bringing up the old E3 question, uh-huh. right? I'm and I'm sorry to do it again, <laughs> um, but you know E3 was back in a digital format this year and was a little bit, I don't know, it, it wasn't like it used to be, right? Um, but you could argue that even the last time there was an in-person E3, it wasn't like it used to be. Um, but yeah, what what do you think this means for the the fact that Summer Game Fest is sticking around? What do you think that means for the future of E3? I wonder if. E3 this year, if they're able to go like back in person, yeah, if that'll actually be a like a good thing for E3 because I think people will there's the opportunity for people to be really excited about, yeah, you know, having that like opportunity back. That being said, there might be other you know like game developer conferences and that sort of thing that steals that thunder. But yeah, I I. I think gaming is so big right now that there is definitely room for all of this. Yeah, no, that that's that's a great point. Well, and also like for the big experiences, like actual experiential thing, right? That uh, publishers and developers put on, like you know, thinking about when you and I played the uh, Final Fantasy VII remake demo at E3, or uh, the year before when I had played the Resident Evil Two remake. I guess I'm only playing remakes. Um, but then all of these are inside, um, you know, tiny little experiences where like you're being shuttled through and shown a video and um, the building looks like something out of Final Fantasy VII or out of Raccoon City or whatever. 
Um, and that just how cool that is to have a tiny little theme park experience and then also play a, a game that hasn't been released yet. Um, I just hope that finds a way to come back. Yeah, I, I agree. I Because I, I feel like the promise of events like Summer Game Fest is like democratizing those sorts of experiences where it's like, hey, instead of, you know, a few hundred people being able to play this demo mm-hmm. for a limited time, anybody on PC can download, you totally. know, like this yeah. demo, which I, um, I don't feel like that we've gotten there yet, but I, that's a really exciting idea. Yeah. Well, and I think like, well, I'm, I don't know. I'm, I, I don't really have a gauge. Um, do people who are, do you, do I, do, do we do this thing where, uh, we're not attending the event, but we are following, uh, press types who are. And so we get sort of like a second high, like, do people have a sense of like the police station that they had set up for Resident Evil 2 remake? I think so. Okay. Uh, yeah, I think they do. And is that fun or does it seem stupid? Like, I'd, I don't have a gauge for it anymore. I mean, speaking for myself, I always think it's like, like, that's part of like the fun and mystique of E3 is, yeah. you know, like, uh, seeing what is there and it's just like tantalizing glimps- glimpses, just yeah. like it's tantalizing glimpses tantalizing glimpses of the games themselves yeah um so i i don't know i i think there's something to the alchemy of e3 that's kind of like uh has been magical in the past right but yeah i, I just feel like what summer game fest is trying to do is so different yeah from what e th- a good e3 can accomplish a good in-person con- conference can accomplish that they don't really step on each other's toes um all right well mark let's get out of the news And that is going to do it for this episode of Nintendo Cartridge Society. Remember, please rate, review, and follow us on Apple Podcasts. If you like the episode, you can share it on Facebook or Twitter, wherever you share stuff. We appreciate it when you do. You can follow us on Twitter. I'm at Patrick underscore Ellers. Mark is at MKE Mitchell, and the show is at Nincart Society. We also have a Facebook page, which is just Nintendo Cartridge Society. Olivia Duncan made our logo. Our theme music is provided by Apebetti. You can get more of his music by going to apebetti.com or by listening Right now. For my co-host, Mark Mitchell, this is Patrick Eller saying thank you for listening. I'm Brian Husky. I'm bald. And I'm Charlie Sanders, and I'm also bald. And we host Bald Talk on the Campfire Media Network. Bald Talk is the podcast where two bald comedians talk to anyone bald about being bald. But this show isn't just for baldies, Brian. Harrow's will love it, too. Bald Talk gets into vulnerability, vanity, insecurity, and self-acceptance, reminding us that we all have our respective bald spots. Not that bald spots are a bad thing. No way. I mean, my entire head is one big bald spot. It is one huge, beautiful bald spot, Charlie. Get Bald Talk on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. I mean, I I have like a little bit of hair, but not like you. Like you're really bald. I'm truly bald. Great. I mean, it's I'm great. balder than it. you. You are balder than me. Only on Bald Talk. Campfire. <laughs>